how the hell is this guy talking to the other side when he talks so damn fast? Like, how could he be talking to the spirit world when he doesn't shut the F up? Well, the thing is, is this. The souls don't talk to me like this. They don't say, oh, Matt, I'm this person's mother. Tell them I'm okay. Matt, I'm this person's father. And by the way, can you let her know my, you know, her grandfather's here and we used to have the boat host? No. What it is is quick bits of information. So if spirit talked to me the way that me and you were talking right now, it would take forever for them to describe what the hell was happening. What's up? Welcome to another episode of the Allison Interviews Podcast. On this episode, I have the great pleasure of speaking with psychic medium Matt Frazier. And Matt is part of this new wave of psychic medium, mediumship bleh, and channeling that I would say is part of this movement of the mainstreaming of mediumship. Have you guys noticed that? That as the years have gone on, it's become more and more commonplace for people to speak openly about near-death experiences, about going to mediums for guidance and connecting to loved ones who are on the other side. And for me, it's just incredible to see because I love that there is this giant awakening on this planet, or at least I would say in our culture, I can't speak for the whole planet, but I will say that as many of us know in the East concepts like reincarnation, like the eternal life of the human spirit, and, and all of those concepts have been commonplace for eons. You know, it's really in the West that we're, we were kind of behind the curve. And I think that a lot of world events have actually pushed us in the direction of spiritual seeking, right? Wanting to know who are we? What are we? Where do we come from? Where are we going after this? What is the point of all of this? Because when we are confronted with a lot of the events that we have been confronted with over the last two decades, it begs those questions. And when you have those questions, you want to seek answers. And I think that there are certain people that we have been gifted with on this planet who, for some reason, they have this open channel where they are able to receive this information and share it with the rest of us. And it's just a beautiful thing. It's one of the reasons I wanted to incorporate spirituality into my my interview show. I mean, I love I love speaking to entertainers and different experts and things like that. But when I'm able to sit down with somebody who has certain insights into the journey of the soul and into um, the other side and, and, and all of that. It just really makes my heart sing. And it's something that I just absolutely love and can't get enough of. I'm just being totally honest. So Matt Frazier has actually been selling out theaters and stadiums for quite some time. His newest book, We Never Die, Secrets of the Afterlife, became an instant bestseller when it was released not too long ago. And he's actually working on another book right now, although he wouldn't he wouldn't tell me the name of the book, but he did give me some really interesting uh, tidbits about what he's writing about, which is really cool. And you will hear it in this episode. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with psychic medium Matt Frazier. So my first question for you is, and I, it may be hard to pinpoint one thing, but what is the most profound piece of wisdom that you have ever received from spirit? So what they tell me all the time is don't wait till you're dead. That's the one thing that the spirit world tells me every single day. And it's something that I live my life by because on the other side, what's so amazing is that the things that hold us back here in this world don't hold our loved ones back on the other side. So for example, 
Here in this world, we have limiting beliefs, we have anxieties, we have phobias, we have fears, we have all of these things. And so many times we say to ourselves, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm too old to do that. I'm not good enough, right? We put place all of these fears and doubts in our own minds, and it stops us from living our best life. It stops us from achieving milestones, and it stops us from achieving our dreams. But what I've learned is, is that on the other side, the spirits do magnificent things. You know, they realize their God-given gifts that maybe they didn't realize here in this world. And they also realize how their life could have been different if they didn't focus on the negative, if they didn't focus on so much, so many, so much time stressing, being worried, placing those self-doubts on themselves, because in heaven, it doesn't exist. So what is, I mean, I don't know if you've learned this from the work that you do, but what is it that, I mean, obviously I know that when we're on earth, we have a natural fear of death. And I think that's what everything comes down to, right? Like any phobia, if you kind of like trace it to its origins, it's a fear of something happening to us in in one way or another. And some people, I think they almost associate emotional annihilation, whether it be rejection or even something bodily, like, oh, I'm afraid to do this because I might get hurt. Everything almost comes down to a death, like a death of, of the ego, of the identity or of the body, right? So like, what do they say causes fears, phobias, and why do we all have different fears and phobias? So what's interesting is if you look at a baby, right? You look at a little kid, a little kid doesn't have phobias and fears when they're younger, right? Like I know that right now, Royce, you know, he's only nine months old and he's not afraid of anything. That's your right? son. Until, yes, my son. Until like the other day he was playing around and he he took a little tumble off the bed. Luckily it wasn't high up, right? And, but now he knows not to go over to the edge, right? He knows not to go and do that. That's how we learn. But our phobias and fears and our worries come from traumatic past experiences. And it might not be a traumatic or past experience that you personally went through, but it might be a traumatic experience that you watch somebody else go through. For example, if you watch your sister or your mom struggle with finding love, if you watch your sister go through a terrible heartbreak or a terrible relationship or an abusive relationship, you might absorb that fear and that worry, and it might prevent you from finding love in your life. And it's actually funny. I actually was doing a reading for a woman who is actually a very strong and powerful divorce attorney. And, you know, she said to me, I don't believe in love anymore. And the reason why she didn't believe in love anymore wasn't because she went through anything bad in her life. She didn't have any past experiences, but through her client, she was also very sensitive. And to watch the people, you know, people, you know, fight through divorces, go through separation of children, go through all of those things, it left an impression on her. It left energy with her. And because of that, it caused her this fear of, oh my God, I don't want to get married. I don't want to be in a relationship because look at all the things that could go wrong. Right. Well, that begs the question then, you know, are we supposed to take past as, you know, like what lessons? Yeah, you said about your son, Royce. So he took a tumble, he fell, he knows not to do that again. Are we supposed to say, well, I'm never doing that again? Or are we supposed to dust ourselves off and say, I'm just going to dive right back in? It's about, being, it's about being more cautious, right? So for yeah. example, he fell, he fell off the bed. He was like, he was crawling around. He took a tumble off the bed and, you know, he got back on the bed. He wasn't afraid of getting back on the bed, but he knew not to go over to that edge again. He knew, you know, to be careful. And now we don't have that problem, right? What's well, the same thing with us. For example, I can tell you from my personal experience as a medium, I have seen people die in so many different ways. I have, you know, seen people go through terrible things in their life, through certain challenges, struggles, all of these things. And 
you know, in the beginning, it used to sit with me. In the beginning, I used to be like so nervous and so fearful. Oh, I can't do this because a client, this happened with one of my clients or, oh, I can't trust this person because this happened with this person that I was reading for, right? And then I talked to the spirit world about this because I used to get very anxious and worried. And what the spirits told me is, is that we all have our own destiny, right? We all have our own life that we're meant to go through and that these are all life lessons. We all learn. And that's exactly what the spirits do. We're put here on this earth to make mistakes, right? We're here to trip, to fall, right? To stumble, but it's all about how we pick ourselves up. And it's all about becoming your own success story. That's what the spirits share with me. For example, and I wrote about, I'm writing about this actually in my new book that um, I'm working on. Oh, there was this woman that I read for and she overcame all odds. I mean, her mom and her dad were both uh, heavy addicts here in this world. They had, you know, a terrible issue with drugs and alcohol and those addictions that they had actually made its way over to her brother who had passed in the same way. She lost almost everybody in her family through these terrible addictions to the point where she became addicted as well. But after losing all these people, she realized that she had two choices. She could either succumb to that same fate or she could do something about it. So she says, you know what? I'm going to pick myself up. I'm going to go and I'm going to make myself better. And she did. And what was amazing is, is that to this day, not only is she clean and sober, but she's helping, you know, adolescents and she's talking to the youths and she's going to schools and she's doing all these amazing things, helping other people not get into the same predicament as her family and showing people that you have your own path. You know, don't let someone else's karma or what someone else, someone else's challenge become yours. You can make your own decisions in life. And I think that's what spirit's trying to show us. And is it kind of like destiny versus free will. I always look at it as your destiny are the cards that you're dealt and your free will is how you play your hand. A great way to talk about it. And I, I think that another way to describe it is this, right? What I know is that we are all born here in this world with certain talents, skills, and abilities and certain things that are meant for us. The spirit world explains to me that we all have certain gifts, right? And there's all certain things, certain presents, right? That we're meant to have here in this world. For example, your soulmate is a gift, right? Your children are a gift from God. Like all these different things that you're meant to have, right? Are meant for you. But let's say that you could have three children, right? You might choose only to have two. You might choose only to have one, you know? it's at the end of the day, you're making your own decisions. And what I've also learned from spirits, we're not born here alone. We're born with an angel. We're born with a spirit God. We're born with souls that watch over us. And what I've learned is this, is that your spirit guide works with you every day, but your spirit guide is not there to stop you from making mistakes. Your spirit guide is responsible for you to meet your soulmate, for you to you know meet certain people that are going to be influential in your life, both good and bad right? But at the end of the day, you make your own decisions. Your spirit guide could introduce you to your soulmate, meaning that you can cross paths with your soulmate. And you might say, you know what? As much as this guy or this girl is really great, I'm not ready for that right now. Instead, I want to focus on work or I want to focus on, you know, my family or I want to focus on other things. And that's one of the things I think that people don't understand is that sometimes there's opportunities that come from us, but we turn them down without realizing it or or without knowing what we're doing. Okay. And So I have an interesting question for you. Do you, as a psychic medium, have the ability to, I don't know how to explain this, to tap into your your baby son's spirit guide or his soul mission or maybe what, what his kind of blueprint is before he incarnated, you know, into this world? Do you have that ability or is it like it's too close to home so you're blocked from seeing So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything there is to know about death and dying because I've never died, right? I'll only know until I get to the other side. 
But through the readings that I do and through the souls that I communicate with, I'm able to piece things together, right? And I'm really, I'm able to get little glimpses into heaven and I start to pick up information here and there. Being a medium is like learning a new language. But what I will tell you is this, is that we don't know our life mission and what our gifts are, right? Until we actually transition on and go to the other side. That's when we, everything's, you know, placed and put in, in front of us. So what do I mean by that is this. All of our journey, our journey here in life is all about discovering ourselves, discovering our true self, discovering our potential, discovering our gifts, all of those things. I think I know what my life mission is, right? I'm pretty sure my life mission is, and my the reason my life purpose is being a psychic medium, helping people connect with their loved ones and showing people that there's more to life. But I won't truly know that until I die. When we, when we pass on is when our whole life is shown in front of us and we're like, okay, this is why we were put here on this on this earth. And this is why, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened within our life. That is frustrating. <laughs> I don't think it's frustrating. You know, really? I think it's amazing because we're not meant to know everything. Life wouldn't be fun if we didn't know. Like, for example, I like to think of it as this, right? Our life is like we're driving. It's almost like when you're driving on the highway at night, you can only see where your, le- where your headlights show you, right? You know right. where the destination is. You know where you're going. But everything along the way... Everything along the way, you know, you can only see so far. Well, it's the same thing with us. And even when I'm doing a reading, I don't know everyone's life from start to finish. And even when I'm giving a reading for someone, right? A lot of times when souls come through, they'll only give me little bits of information to help that person along their way. But even for me, spirit's not there to help us cheat life. Like I can't just get the lottery numbers or know like, you know, who's going to win in the horse race or, th- or this or that, right, you know, right. they want us to do the work here in this world. That's why, that's why we're here. But what is that concept of you come here and you get that and that earthly amnesia, right? That comes down. Like, why? 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 I, I don't understand the question. Yeah, why do we get why do we have to come in with that amnesia? Why? Why aren't we able to bring all of this this wealth of knowledge that our soul has accrued when we come in, when when we're born? Well, so you don't. So what's interesting is this, is that you learn while you're here in, on, on earth, right? We don't bring information with us. We bring information with us to the other side. We don't bring information with us to this earth, to this world. That's why the spirits are more knowledgeable than we are, right? It's the reason why our soul, our loved ones on the other side have access to informations and things that we don't as humans, right? And it's the reason why a lot of times when they'll come through and they'll speak to us, especially when they, when they talk to me about the life lessons, the things that they learned here in this world, the reason why they're so knowledgeable is that they learned it here in this world, right? That's why we're put here. We're here to learn life lessons. So when we transition onto the other side, there's something called universal knowledge. So universal knowledge is that every single thing that you do here in this world is worth something and it means something, right? Everything that you go through, you might think it's a personal thing that you're going through. For example, an addiction, a health problem, you know, a mental, a mental problem that you're going through here in this world. You might be feeling like you're fighting it alone and that you're going through it yourself. But one day when we transition on to the other side, everything that we've learned here on earth as a soul, right, gets recorded and it's shared as a wealth of knowledge to the other side. What I mean by that is this. People will say to me all the time, well, Matt, how did my mom know this? Or how did my mom or how did my dad know that? For example, I was talking to this man. He was a stockbroker and uh, he was having issues. He was starting a financial company and there was this issue in this, in this financial company. And his mom came through in spirit and started giving him like all of this advice of things that he could do and, and, you know, where she saw his like life was going and whatnot. And right away, he was confused. He's saying, Matt, I don't think you're connecting with my mother. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't think I'm connecting with your mother? And he says to me, well, my mother didn't know how to 
write a check here in this world. My mom, (laughs) she she knew nothing about money. She knew absolutely, you know, nothing about finances. How could she be telling me this advice from the other side? Well, it's because of universal knowledge in heaven. It's almost like, like, for example, best way to describe it is Google, right? You you have a question, type it into Google. You will find the answer. You'll find more than you've even bargained for, right? Yes. Same thing with the other side. So in spirit, if spirit wants access to information, it's like doing a Google search, like all the information is just there. Okay. So that brings me to something else. I'm a little confused about everything that I've studied about the spirit realm and the soul. I've come to believe, or I've always read or, or heard that our soul does reincarnate over and over and over again. And we've had many lives and we bring certain gifts and, and, and our soul brings some knowledge in from previous lives. And, but in your book, you actually say that that has not been your experience in terms of what you've learned. Exactly. So So I've never researched any of this. I have never picked up a book. I've never read about the other side. I've never. So the thing is, is that, you know, when it comes to research, right? The thing is that I trust the information that I get from the spirit world and everything that I write about, everything that I teach is off of my own personal belief system of what I've learned from all of these years giving readings. So I can't back something just because I read it in a book. I have to know and hear it firsthand from the spirit world. So I've never met a soul that was reincarnated that lived over many, many years and came through to me. That's never happened. So until that happens, I can't teach it because no one told it to me. I'd be lying to you. I can't, I can't. For me, as a medium, I can't stand behind something unless I have the facts. So throughout my whole life, even becoming a medium, I was never taught this. You know, there is no Hogwarts like in Harry Potter where you can just go and learn to be a medium. Everything that I've learned, and I'm still learning every day, I still have a lot to learn. Everything that I've learned every single day, I've learned from the readings that I give. And I've asked the other side many questions when they've come through. You know, what has your experience been like with dying? How do you know this information? How do you know this? How do you know that? You know, and I've started over these years to put the pieces together. And that's how I've been writing my book. And, you know, this new book that I'm coming out with actually answers a lot of these questions as well, because my last book, We Never Die, Secrets of the Afterlife, you know, became a New York Times bestseller same day. And I feel like it's because so many people were searching for this information, right? Yes. So many yeah. people were looking now, for- Now more than ever. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, since that book had, you know, came out, what was it? Oh my God. I want to say a year ago, two years ago. I think I wrote it two years ago. Yeah. I wrote it during the pandemic. So back, yeah, about two, two, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I started writing it. That is, I've learned so much more since that book was even, even published. You know, it's an, it's a never ending source of knowledge for me. It's almost like when we are learning a new language, right? You're constantly learning new words, new definitions and things like that. And listen, I'm not here to knock anything or to knock anyone's belief system, right? I can only talk about my own experiences. That's that's just what it is. Right, what's been shared with you. Exactly. And I think another thing that people are trying to understand, and I try to piece it together myself, is that when you say you're with a sitter, which is the person that you're you're reading, and you say, oh, your grandmother or your grandfather is standing right beside you, or they're standing in back of you. Explain to me what that is. Are you speaking figuratively or are you literally seeing them as clear as you're seeing me right now? So I don't see them as clear as you, as I see you, right? But I do see shadows and, and, and figures. I see a figure and I'll know right away that's this person's father, that this person's, that's this person's father. So listen, every medium is different and every psychic has a different way of connecting with the other side. Like my grandmother used to get omens and premonitions. That's how she was a, a psychic medium. My mom is a card reader. She reads cards and she's a life reader. She can tell who you're going to marry, what's going to happen five years from now, things in your life that are going to happen. That's how my mom 
connects with the other side. With me, I see the departed. So how it works for me is that I will see, you know, shadows or a figure, right? And then right away when I connect with that soul, I'll hear, okay, I'm, I'm this person's father, I'm this person's mother, and, I'll, and they'll start to tell me quick bits of information. So that's how it works when I'm out at a live event. So when I'm at a live event, what's really cool is that for me, it's almost like the audience disappears and all I see are figures there in the audience. You know, this person oh, over wow. here, I'll see a figure and I'll be like, okay, that's this person's father. If I see, a, you know, the figure of a child over here, I'll know that this person lost a son or a daughter. And yeah. it's really like going and piecing together, you know, using all of your senses where I'll see them, sense them, feel them, hear them. And depending on how that soul communicates, when they come through, you know, the information is, is always different. Are you seeing the outline of what looks like a human body or are you seeing something different than that? It's, I wouldn't call it really outline. I mean, the only way I can describe it is I would say like, a, like almost like a shadow. Like that's how I would explain okay. it. Okay. Or Got a silhouette. It. Silhouette is the perfect example. Silhouette. Now that so you're getting the silhouette plus they're telling you, I guess, telepathically, I'm this person's whatever. I'm glad you are. said that because, you know, a lot of people don't realize like a lot of the one things that, you no, know, I try to teach people how it is because a lot of people don't understand. Right. So for example, like the number one question I get is how the hell is this guy talking to the other side when he talks so damn fast? Like, how could he be talking to the spirit world when he doesn't shut the F up? Well, the thing is, is this, the souls don't talk to me like this. They don't say, oh, Matt, I'm this person's mother. Tell them I'm okay. Matt, I'm this person's father. And by the way, can you let her know my, you know, her grandfather's here and we used to have the boat host. No, what it is is quick bits of information. So if spirit talked to me the way that me and you were talking right now, it would take forever for them to describe what the hell was happening, right? So okay. they come to me really quickly. So for example, when I see that shadow of silhouette, I'll know that spirits ready to communicate. The moment I'll connect with them, I'll ask them questions in my head. Who are you? They'll say, I'm the father. How'd you die? And then I'll start to feel things. If I feel something in my head, I know that they had a stroke or an aneurysm. If I feel something in my stomach, I know they had abdomen issues. If, I, if my heart starts to flutter, I know that they had a heart attack. If I see the image of an urn, I know that person was cremated. And within just a couple seconds, they can tell me a lot about their life all at once. And their connection to their life is it, do they have human emotions connected to the life or is it more like as if somebody were telling a story and it's more detached? I, I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, it's not detached. I mean, because they do, they are with you every day, right? They still love and care about you. But the thing is, is that they know things, don't forget. So for example, I think the question that you're asking me is people say, do our loved ones get worried about us? Do they get scared? Do Thank they get pissed? Yes, when we're dating somebody and we're like, and they're like, what the hell was she doing with that guy? He cheated on her three times. He did this, he yeah. did that, right? So I think that's what people are expecting their loved ones to say or do. But you could understand that in heaven, universal knowledge goes far beyond just doing a Google search and knowing things. Universal knowledge is that your loved ones actually know what you're thinking. And I know that that sounds, um, that sounds traumatizing, right? You're like, oh, I don't want my dad to know my thoughts. I don't want my mom to know my thoughts. But really what it is, is that your loved ones feel closer to you and they know why you made that decision. So here in this world, we have a disconnect. We have a detachment. The souls on the other side don't. So you and your mom might get into an issue because your mom might say to you, why are you dating that guy? What do you see in him? Why do you keep going back to that relationship? We're on the other side, right? <laughs> your mother and spirit would say, I know why you keep going back. I know why you keep making they that decision. They see the whole picture. They, exactly. They, right. So that's why they don't judge, right? They don't, they don't judge for that reason. 
Okay, so there's a movie that I watched a long time ago, and you'll understand the reference in a second. Have you ever seen the movie Chances Are with Robert Downey Jr. and Sidney I have Shepard? not, no. All right, I'm going to give you like a little... Okay, so in that movie, Robert Downey Jr.'s character is in heaven. He's about to be born into a baby's body. And as he's as he's making his way to, to go from spirit into being born, he they forget to give him his shot that makes him kind of forget everything that he's supposed to forget. So he comes down with all of this knowledge, almost like with this channel open, right? L like you have. And I often think about that because it's like, I feel like people who are mediums, it's almost like you're born with this open, direct channel that the rest of us maybe have it, but it's not it's not open. I don't know if that makes any sense. Well, so it's actually the way that spirit describes it to me is that we're all born here with an open channel, right? So all okay. children can sense, feel, and hear the spirit world. And it's funny because people ask me about my son all the time. He's only nine months. And they're like, does he have the gift? Does he have the gift? And I always tell people, well, it's too early to tell because okay. all children have the gift. So do I know that he's talking to spirit? Absolutely. I know he sees his people. I know he has his little conversations, you know, in his head or how, you know, however he connects with the other side, because all children do, right? All children before the age of three will have a spirit encounter, but some children will hold on to that, to that connection in those encounters, right? Remember it, hold on to it, keep that connection strong. And mm -hmm. some souls uh, and children won't. So the thing is, is that a lot of children outgrow it, you know, and they kind of lose that connection or they think they lose that connection. In my experience, it's always there. We just have to learn how to tune back into it. But the majority of, of children, you know, won't have that connection or that connection won't stay with them. But for the majority of who, who do and it follows them, that's where we get psychic kids from. That's where, where psychic children come from. Okay. And I have a situation that happened to my son when he was very, very little that I feel like is so apropos here. When he so was how, about, how old? Do you remember how old he was? He must have been maybe four months old. He was the age when you put them in the little baby bathtub. Yeah. Because you can't go into a regular bathtub. So they you're in they're in that infant bathtub. And what happened was I was downstairs because his dad was with him. But my father had had pulled uh, my now ex-husband had pulled him aside to speak to him about something. And they got so caught up in conversation that my son was actually, unfortunately, left alone in this baby bathtub in the bathroom. I didn't know that I was downstairs and I hear my son giggling over and over and over again. I think that his dad is, is like coochie cooing, playing with him in the bathtub. I finally come upstairs and I see that. My ex and my dad are in the hallway talking, but my son is sitting up in the bathtub looking at something and just giggling his brains out and splashing the water as if he's playing with somebody. And I firmly believe that one of my loved ones in heaven was babysitting him and keeping him safe because of this unfortunate incident that, that took place. Absolutely. Somebody was, Absolutely. It, it was the most, it was the most eerie, but yet. Comforting. You know, comforting feeling, but I could see that he was looking at somebody, he was giggling and he was, he was responding. He was interacting with somebody that wasn't there. Well, you know, and, and another way that you can tell if souls are there too, like it's not just kids, like a good telltale way to know if, if the spirit is with you is to look at the pets, right? I can't mm -hmm. tell you when I do my online group readings, you would not believe how everyone's like always apologizing because 
The minute that, you know, I go to read somebody, their cat or their dog or whatever, whatever animal they have in that house starts going crazy. And they're like, oh my God, I, I don't know why the dog's doing this. I don't know why they, and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> like they're seeing spirit because the truth is, is that animals have a different filter and different lens. And what's really cool that I've learned is that animals don't fear death and dying, right? And the reason why is because they know the other side exists. So, uh, animals can actually see spirits, which is so cool because we as humans, you know, obviously, unless you're gifted or you have, you know, some mediumship ability, can't see them with the naked eye, right? And even though spirits will come to me, I know that my pets or any pet that is sees them even more clearer than I can. So they see spirits walking with us every day. So they definitely know there's another side of life with this. And I, I feel like that's why okay. they don't have that fear and anxiety. Well, and I think also because they're very much in the now, right? I mean, they don't have anticipatory anxiety. That's what it is. They don't know well, to have it. I think that they do in some, in some extent. I've, I've seen that there were animals who have come through in readings that told me that they held on because they felt like their, their owner, you know, was going to be in a bad way if they passed at that exact moment or died mm -hmm. at that exact time. So, you know, they do have some senses that I feel like we haven't tapped into or haven't seen completely. And I've noticed that with the pet readings that I've done. Interesting. And let's talk about when you do a reading for a celebrity, because you have celebrity clients, they are people that are very Googleable, right? Googleable. I don't know if that's a word, but there's a lot of information about them in the public domain. Is it more challenging for the departed loved ones that come through to prove to the celebrity client that it is in fact really their loved one because of that? I think it's more challenging for the general public to believe than it is the celebrity, to be honest with you. And that's why I don't publish a lot of the celebrity readings. Because the thing is, is that I know that, you know, anybody can come back and say, oh, well, he, even if that information isn't on Google, right? You know, somebody who's high profile, like Mar Mariah Carey or Britney Spears or things like that, you know, you can Google pretty much anything about them. Right. But the thing is, is that, you know, when I do a reading for a celebrity, there's things that are there that, are not Googleable. There's things that are there that are, you know, secret that oftentimes come up in a reading. And I found that with celebrities, a lot of times they have two personas, right? They have what they show in the public side and what actually happens behind closed doors. Right. And a lot of times I think that if, if you want to know what I'm talking about, right? If you see that a lot of times when you read someone's memoir, you'll say, okay, this is how they were portrayed on TV. This is what we all saw for years and years. But when the memoir comes up, we're like, oh my God, wait a minute. It wasn't like that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. So to be honest with you, I got to be completely honest. When I do a celebrity reading, I don't want to know anything about that celebrity. And luckily, thank God, like I'm not somebody who, and, and I think the reasons why a lot of celebrities come to me is that I'm so busy every single day between the dead and the living that I have no time to watch television. The only thing that I do watch, to be honest with you, is the news, right? Or like, you know, movies or things. But I've never been into like, uh, it's actually funny because a lot of times when I'll get celebrity calls and they'll be like, oh, so, oh my, like everybody will freak out. Someone so wants to talk to you. And I'm like, who the hell's that? Like, oh my God, you didn't know who that is. This, 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 and this. And I'm like, no, I don't watch television. And it's actually funny because my wife, like, she sometimes gets more excited than I do when certain celebrities reach out because she, I'll be like, do you know this person? Like, of course I know that person, you know, like, she's into pop culture and I'm just, I'm just not because, you know, because just because of what I do. But is there a natural skepticism? Like, you know, like, all right, buddy, you're going to have to work really hard to show me this is my mother or this is my father or because 
So not much at all. Not, I'm going to be honest with you, not at all. Like It's more from the general public. Like I said, I think that when, yeah. it, when the minute you start to do a reading for a celebrity, you're automatically set up by to fail by the skeptics because no matter what you say, they're going to say, even if it, you can't find it online, they're going to they're going to say, well, he could have Googled that. Well, try to Google it and see if you can find it, right? But the thing yeah. is, is that the celebrities know, right, what's out there on television and what's not. So right. for example, there's certain things even in my life that, right, if like my life is public, I'm on television, you know, everything's out there. But there's certain things that if my loved ones told me, certain things that happened, you know, behind the walls, I would be able to know if it was my mom, my dad, whoever it is that had passed away. Right. And oh, speaking of television, how did you wind up on television? I have no idea. To be honest with you, I don't know. Oh, come on. How, how did that happen? I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you when, you know, so it's crazy. I don't know how this all began. I have no idea. People ask me all the time, like, Matt, how is it that you have this career? What did you do? And I'm like, you know, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know how my, how my book became a New York times bestseller. I'm still trying to figure that out to this day. I, I am so honored and just amazed at this journey that spirit led me on. I'm going to tell you that I started my career as an EMT. I was working at the World Trade Center in Boston. I had an amazing job. I loved the staff. I loved working there. I worked at Seaport and it was amazing, amazing. And I got to tell you that, you know, I started doing readings on the side, right? I was coming back into my gifts and, you know, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to keep this hidden anymore. When I sense something, when I feel something, I'm going to talk about it. So I remember at work, I would do little readings for different people and I would do readings for my friends back, you know, at, at that age, I was only 18, 19 years old. I started doing readings for my friends and whatnot. And then next thing you know, it's like word traveled quickly. All of a sudden people were like, Matt, you know, my aunt wants to speak to you, Matt, my neighbor wants to speak to you. And this started getting out of control where all of a sudden, like people were calling my personal numbers and be like, Hey, I heard that you do readings. Hey, I heard that you're a medium and I want to do this. And then next thing you know, somebody's like, if you come over the house, I'll give you $20. I'll give you $50. I'll <laughs> so like, yeah, right. You know, it was a hobby. That's all it was. Yeah. You know, and I loved using my gift in that way. I, I enjoyed it because to me, it wasn't work. I loved what I did. So it's crazy that all of a sudden people just started finding out about me. And then next thing you know, I got asked to be on television shows and radio shows. And, you know, next thing you know, one day I got a call from E Entertainment and they were like, Matt, we want to do a show about you and your life. And then, you know, next thing you know, Simon Schuster wrote, uh, contacted me and said, well, you, have you been thinking about writing a book? And the book came out, the first book came out, the pandemic hit. I started working on my second book. The second book came and then something amazing happened. I remember um, you only have one week to make the, the New York Times bestseller list. And I'm like, there's no way we're going to make this list. It's so hard to make. It's crazy. Like you have to like sell thousands and thousands of copies in just one day. And I remember that day coming and I was so preoccupied. Actually, it was the week that, that our son was born, Royce. So I didn't really even have a lot of time to, to, to uh, focus on. I actually asked my fans, I'm like, hey, listen, I got, this new, I got my new book coming out. If you really want to support me, please go out and buy it. And everyone was like, okay, thank you. I will, I will. All of a sudden, my grandmother calls me up in Maine. And my grandmother lives like in the middle of nowhere in Maine, right? And she's like, hey, she's like, I went to two bookstores. I can't buy your book. She's like, it came out today, right? I'm like, yeah, it did. She's like, hold on, let me ask. She's like, oh, she's like, the copies that were here, they were already sold. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, they probably had only a couple copies. And then my sister calls me up and she's like, hey, she's like, I went to go and buy your book today. She's like, I wanted to support you. She's like, and um, my local bookstore said they already sold out. I'm like, what? And then Everyone started calling me, telling me that the book was sold out. And I'm saying to myself, 
something's off. Something's off. And I remember calling Simon and Schuster and being like, hey, did the book actually come out today? And they were like, yes, it did. I'm like, I don't know if this is right, but everyone's telling me that like once, and then all of a sudden, like I saw social media saying, hey, I, I bought the last copy at Barnes and Noble. Hey, I went to this and it started exploding. And then next thing you know, I got an email and it was like, Matt, congratulations, you made the New York Times. And I remember just, I looked at Alexa and I just started crying. And she's like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, I made the New York Times bestseller list. And she was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And it, it was just, it was just incredible. I, I just, to, to this day, it gives me goosebumps because I feel that this was a book that I had to write. I knew I had to write it for quite some time. And what I've learned is this, right? Is that spirit will help you. When there's something that's meant for you, they will help you achieve success. And right. I know that this wasn't just my doing. I know that, you know, the spirits and the angels and all that were around me that led me to write this book, helped to get into the hands of the people that needed it the most. And I also know that that's how the people found me. I mean, the way that people have found me and have heard about me, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. Like one woman said to me, she came to me for a reading. I said, how'd you find out about me? She goes, I found your book in the lost and found. She says that I read it. She says, that I, I, she goes, I felt a connection with you. I called you and there it is. So, you know, it's like all those connections, everyone that I, that I, that's on my Facebook page or my socials, like, I, I feel like they were led to me for a reason. And that's the reason why I'm on social media all the time, because I don't consider them followers or fans. I, I literally consider everybody extended family. Community. Yeah. You were raised a Catholic correct? Yes. And you're still, you still consider yourself a Catholic from, well, from what I consider I myself. So I consider my religion spirituality now because I welcome all religions. Like even in my office, I have, you know, statues of Buddha, Ganesh, you know, all different. I, to me, I honor all religions here because I speak to people of all yes. religions. And I've learned that there is no separation in heaven is all one place, right? It doesn't matter if you're Jewish, Catholic, you know, Muslim, doesn't matter what it is that you practice, right? Or what your religion is. We all end up in one place together. So why would I not? You know, I felt like before, like I was so, I, I was so closed off. And then now that, you know, I speak to people with all different religions, I learn something new from every religion and every person that I talk to. I 100% agree. I was, it's funny. I was listening to Joel Osteen's sermons from the time I was in my twenties. And I, act, I interviewed him and I said, this is going to sound really strange because I'm born and raised Jewish. I'm still Jewish, but I can't get enough of your sermons. And I even repeat the affirming thing that he says at the beginning of each sermon, which is, you know, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do in Jesus, Jesus name. And, but I'm very much Jewish. It's just that I'll take help anywhere I can get it. And I really feel like we really should, you know, we really should be inclusive in any wisdom traditions and any leaders that have walked this earth that have really incredible information to impart to humanity. I just feel like why not embrace it? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I feel the same way because like I said, I, I love that. I love that part. And I, and I think that it scares people when people think of, you would not believe the people who message me that say, well, you know, I, because, you know, sometimes there's mixed marriages where the husband might be one religion and the, the wife might be a different. And they think like, oh my God, what if we don't end up together in heaven? And it's not like that at all. You know, we do and end up with each other in heaven. You know, there are no different heavens. It's just one. So why don't we practice that here on earth? That's how, that's how I feel, you know, in, in my own personal belief system. So I welcome all religion. Okay. Yeah. The reason I asked that is because I know that 
Christianity, Catholicism, that there are people that that are very steadfast in their belief that you don't speak to spirits, you don't connect with the other side that goes against Catholicism or Christianity or so I didn't know if maybe you experienced any of that discrimination early in your in your career or in your you know, life. It depends. I think it really depends on the person, to be honest with you. You know, I really think that it, that it does, because I'll be very honest with you. I've had priests come to me. I've had nuns come to me. You know, and I won't tell you who they are, but I've had them come to me. I've had them get readings, right? And I've had, I remember the first time two nuns came to my event, I was so nervous because I thought they were going to, you know, judge me because of, you know, the work that I was doing, even though I do everything with God. You know, I pray, I'm very strong in my religion. You know, I believe in Jesus. I believe in the, in the, in the archangels. I believe in all of that. You know, I, I pray to them every single night. You know, so when I saw two nuns, I was like, oh my God, here we go. I'm like, it's going to be all over, right? <laughs> I thought they were, I thought, and then they came up to me and I said to them, I said to them, like, I'm surprised you're here. And they, I'm like, did you know what event you were coming to? And they said, you know, we even, you know, we love what you're doing. We love, love, love the work that you're doing. We had to come. And that was refreshing to me because I realized that it wasn't just, it wasn't a whole group. You know, it was, it depends on the person. And, you know, to be honest with you, that's something that I needed to hear in the beginning of, of my journey, because I know that I'm not doing anything wrong because I practice everything with God and good intentions. And, you know, to me, prayer and religion is so important with what I do. It's so, it's so interesting that over the last 20 years, it seems like there's just been this tidal wave of interest and open-mindedness towards this, whereas before there, there really wasn't. And why do you think that over the last two decades and definitely over the last decade, there is just an avalanche of interest in connecting with the other side, figuring out where we go from here, what the spirit world is like, why now? Well, so there's a couple of different reasons. One, because back in the day, you weren't allowed to talk about it. Back in the day, I would never be talking to you right now because sure. they would never, ever put a psychic or a medium on television. It just wouldn't happen. You know, we had amazing pioneers back in the day, like John Edwards and James Von Prague, who really paved the way for people like me to go and to speak out about my gifts. And it's all, and they've also paved the way for other people to talk about their experiences. Yeah. So, you know, when you have, now that we have different platforms, like social media, like social media platforms, like, you know, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, where you can go and be your own voice. You can tell your story. You can voice out different things. People want, don't have to be quiet anymore, right? They can share their experiences. Back in the day, it's like people were put in a box because my grandmother couldn't talk about this. She kept this, my grandmother, when I say she was a medium, she didn't do this publicly. She kept this hidden for years and years. My own grandfather didn't even know she was a medium because she was afraid of, you know, being ostracized back in the day. People would call you crazy. People would say all these different things. Where now with the help of social media and the internet, um, you know, people can talk about it. And also there was a big change that happened that I've noticed where when the world changed, everyone started talking about this and that was the pandemic. I can't tell you how the pandemic had renewed faith in so many people because I think that when you're younger, especially being my age, right? I'm only 31, right? And going through a pandemic, Obviously, we I've, I've never been through a pandemic in my lifetime, and I don't think that many people have. When you go through something like that, let's back it up a little bit. When you're young, you think death doesn't touch you, right? You yes. think like, oh, I'm not going to die. I'm not gonna, I still have many years. We all think we're going to be, we're going to live to be you know, 110, right? And, and I hope that we do. 
But then when you have something that happens like a pandemic and everyone's passing around you, immediately there's fear because you know that you could be the one that's passing. You know, you know, we all know somebody who passed in the pandemic. We all know somebody who passed around that time, right? Yes. And we all know, we all, at, at that moment, when we saw what was happening on television, when we heard all the heartbreaking stories of people passing, it makes us wonder, right? What if, what if we passed? Is mm-hmm. there another life to this? What, is my mom okay? Is my grandmother who died fine? You know, and I think that that's where it came up where during the pandemic, I cannot tell you the tens of thousands of people who reach out to me for answers. And that's why I started writing my book, We Never Die. You know, I wrote it for that reason, because during the pandemic, it's actually funny, I'll I'll share with you how I, how I got the inspiration for the book during the pandemic, thousands of people were writing to me every single day with push button questions, right? They were all all asking the same thing. What happens when you die? What age are we in heaven? What happens if we lose a child? What happens if a soul doesn't go to heaven? What happens if someone passes of suicide? What happens if someone passes before they get to say goodbye? So I started writing back to all of these messages and then they just kept just coming in, coming in, coming in by the thousands. And I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not going to be able to answer all these people. Like, there's no way, like there's not enough me to, to answer all these people, but they all had the same questions. So I started writing them down and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to write every time that I get one well, of five people asking me this question, I'm going to write it down. And I wrote it down, wrote it down, wrote it down, wrote it down. So in my new book, We Never Die, that's what it was all about. It was taken from all the push button questions that people have asked me about the other side. I've asked the spirit world about and I put it in my new book. And I feel like that's the reason why, you know, so many people gravitated to it because it's what, it, what they needed at that time. And it's still, it's still to be, it's still, you know, proven to be what they need today. So many people write to me and say, you know, your book has helped me in so many different ways. And I'm so thankful for that. Absolutely. And now I understand why I I have it right here. Now I understand it was written the way it was written because it was like, here's a, here's a question that people seem to want to know. Here's the answer. And yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. I also try to write in the book about why I came up with that, right? Like, why is it that it's not just the answer to your question. It's not like, okay, this is what happens when you die, right? It's about how do I know that, right? And I think a lot of people ask me, that, how do you know that? So when people ask me a question, I want to teach. So when people ask me, well, how do you really know? How did you know that to be true? Well, in the book, if you notice, there's a lot of stories. And I'll always point back to a reading that taught me where I learned that information from. From souls that came through during various exactly. readings. So it's okay. not just like, okay, Allison, this is what happens when you die. This is what age you are in heaven, right? And you're like, oh, well, I can either believe you or I don't have to believe you. How did you get that information, right? It's almost like right, right. when you're back in school and the teachers say to you, how did you get that, right? When you're doing a math problem show or something. Show me your work, like, show me your work. Yeah. Show me your work. How did you get that? How did you, where did you find that information, right? So I've included a lot of the stories and the readings to just show people how that information has come to me, how it was introduced to me and how I've learned about it. So tell me about, I mean, it's, it's pretty self-evident, but tell me about the title, We Never Die, because we think about, we frame everything in the concept of life and death. You're born, you live a life, you die. Um, and now we're starting, because of people like you, we're starting to look at it differently. I, th- I think, it, who was the, who was the person, I think you mentioned his name back in the 60s or 70s who wrote the book, Life After Life? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I know that there was John Edwards. We had John Edwards and we had, but I don't think he was in the 60s. I, I think that was Edgar Casey. Back. Do you know, do you, uh, Edgar Casey? Could be. I'm not sure. I'm not. 
so you remember I'm only 31. So I'm not sure if too much. Of Ed, I've heard the name, but I don't know too much about his work. I do know John Edwards and James Von Prague. I know that they were um, pioneers like back in the 90s or so. Um, Explain the title, We Never Die, and why you chose that title. So I told, I chose the title, We Never Die, because there's actually two versions of us and there is an afterlife. So what happens is, is that here in this world, when we lose a loved one, we see death as, you know, uh, as permanent. And what I really want to show people that is, it's not, it's just a transition. So it wasn't just about the title, it was the cover of the book. So what I really wanted to do was kind of recreate in the, in the cover about what actually happens when we die, because there's two versions of us. There's the physical version that you see every single day, right? And then deep inside of us, there's another version of us and it's called our soul. And it's the energy version of us. So that's really important because your soul is the second version of you. You might be missing a finger, missing a toe here in this world. You might have um, issues with your hair or your teeth or whatever it may be, but your soul remains intact. So in We Never Die, you know, I made the cover to show you what actually happens. We, when we pass on, we leave our physical body here, but our mm-hmm. soul transitions on and we don't lose ourselves. Like, for example, people think to me all the time that when we die, because we're energy, we're just this, we're thin air. Right. But it's actually completely the opposite. When we pass on, we still have an appearance. We look like we do just without illness, without any of the challenges that we went through in life. For example, let's say, like I said, if you lost a finger or a toe, you're put back together in heaven. Okay. So you're, 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 and I, I heard this somewhere. I don't know if this is true. Does, does everybody's appearance revert to that of like your chronological age right now, like a a 30 year old? Well, it depends on what age you felt your best at, right? So some souls will come through and they were fabulous in their eighties and they're still fabulous in their eighties in the afterlife. Some souls, you know, may have went through a hard 10 years. They may have been battling Alzheimer's or, or, you know, um, dementia. It may have changed their physical appearance. They may have been through Parkinson's for the last 15 years of their life or whatever it may be and choose to come through at an earlier age. It's, you know, people always say, well, you know, you're, you're 35, you're forever 35 in the afterlife. But it's not always that, it's not always that case. You know, I've even seen sometimes where, for example, I was reading this woman who had lost her son and uh, he was 22 when he had passed away. And for three years, he had battled with addictions and struggles and it changed who he was, you know, both both his physical appearance and, you know, his, his uh, internal emotions. And he came through being, you know, the age of 17, 18, before he even, you know, had any of those struggles or those addictions. So it all depends on you. You know, what I like to explain to people is that there are stored in your soul. You have every version of you within your life. Just like if you were to see a baby book, there's pictures of you from when you were first born all the way up till, you know, uh, whoever keeps track, you know, logs out that last picture. Yeah. Well, if you go back through the timeline, there's all different versions of you, right? We got the many different, we got the, if, if, if depending on how old you are, right? We have the seventies versions of you, the eighties version of you, the nineties version of you with every single version, you might look very different, right? In the eighties, you might've had the poofed and wild hair, right? <laughs> you might've toned it down a little bit. The two thousands, you might've bet you might've dressed a little bit more, you know, punk rock or whatever it may be. I don't know. Right. We all have different versions of how we looked, how we dress, body weight, image, all of these things. But more importantly, when we felt our best as well. So a lot of times you'll see this with older people. If you say to somebody, oh, you look so beautiful today, or you look so beautiful, an older person will say to you, oh, if you thought I look good now, you should have saw me. Hold on, let me grab a picture for you. (laughs) Depending on the person that you're talking to, they might take their wedding picture out. They might take their high school picture out. You know, there's a time in their life 
that they looked and felt their best. And right. in heaven, that's the age we return to, or that's the version. It's not really an age, right? It's a version of ourself that we take with us. Yeah. And have you yourself, I don't, I don't think so, but have you yourself ever had an NDE, a near-death experience? No, I have not. I have not. You know, I, I the thing is, is that, I, you know, everyone always thinks I, I have because, you know, being a medium, but no, I never have ha- had a near-death experience. I've talked to people who've had near-death experiences, but I've never, I've never had one myself. Okay. Thankfully, I don't think I'd want to. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so connected to the other side. That's like, I don't need any more experience. Yeah, like, I'm, good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> have you had the way that people who have NDEs, they will describe, you know, when, when they um, started, when they started the process of crossing, they will describe everything from gardens to streams to actual buildings. I mean, I'm sure you've heard your fair share of them. Have you ever been guided or, or given a, a tour, so to speak, of the other side by your spirit guides or through any of the mediumship work that you do? Not, not in the experience of an NDE, like not into that depth, right? So it's funny because I, I talked to Dr. Oh my God, her, her name's uh, not coming up. Mary O'Neill, is that the name? The one yes. who was in the rafting accident. Is that yes. what you're talking yes. about? Yes. So I spoke to her and it's funny because when I was listening to her story, a lot of what she learned when she went to the other side was very comparable to what I've learned as a medium. But it was interesting to hear hers because I have an outside perspective. She had an inside perspective. So, you know, I learned a lot with with talking with her and kind of comparing notes on what we kind of knew about the afterlife when I was with her on Red Table Talk. But also what I've learned is sometimes people don't have near-death experiences. You know, I had a friend of mine who was petrified because she was shot here in this world when a gun misfired. She coded, she was clinically dead on the table and saw nothing, nothing. And she was came to me and she never talked about it. And then years later, she said to me, Matt, I got something to tell you, you know, remember that gunfire, that gun misfire? And I said, yeah. And she says, I saw nothing. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know, people have near-death experiences. She says, I saw black. I didn't see anything. I don't remember anything. Why is that? So I did a reading for her. And I realized that her soul never left her body. So it all depends too, you know, like some people go through those traumatic events, but don't see anything. It's not because they're not going to heaven. It just means that, you know, she, at the time when she had this traumatic experience, uh, she was young. She had a young daughter at home. Her daughter was only 11 years old. The gun misfired. She had every reason to live. And she was adamant that she was not dying. She was staying here. And, you know, when they brought her into the operating room and they, they went and they started operating on her, even though she coded and she was, she was lost, her soul never actually moved out of her body, which was interesting, which is the reason why I feel she didn't have that experience. Wow. So was it just, was her, was she, did she feel conscious, but everything was black or was she just like when you're put out for surgery, you're just gone and then you're back and you don't know. That's exactly what she felt from what she described to me. Yeah. It's just like she was out and then back. And then they explained to her, you know, what had happened. Okay. And from everything that you know, do you think that, well, a couple, a couple quick things. Do you think a time travel is possible on this earth? And if so, how? And do you think that every human passes at the divine time that they were supposed to pass or can a person actually pass prematurely? I think that people definitely can pass prematurely. I mean, I definitely do. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't have any evidence of that yet, but you know, from my understanding, when I see some things, I I really do think, and I, well, I shouldn't say that I, that I see that. I think that when, 
you know, in certain cir- circumstances, when somebody takes their life, it's premature because I've had had souls come through to me and say that they regretted it. So I, I have to take that back. I have had those readings where souls have come through who had taken their life and realized, oh my God, you know, I shouldn't have done this because I could have done this, 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 and this. And they saw that there was so much more to their life that they could have had, but they ended it early. And that's what's tough, right? Is that, and I think that's what spirit tries to show us is that when we're here in this world, it's tough because when you're going through a challenge, like a divorce, a health struggle, you know, a mental struggle, whether it be anxiety, um, past pain, panic, whatever it may be, when you're going through it, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. That's what's so hard. And you feel like, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to make it through this? But your loved ones in spirit, don't worry because they know that you will. And that's one of the things that I think that we need to do a better job of as humans is that, you know, not stressing so much, you know, putting our faith into the side and knowing that, listen, this too shall pass. Do you feel that you have mastered, I guess what you'd call manifesting or the law of attraction because of all the knowledge that you have, or do you struggle like the average person kind of stumbling around in the dark? Well, I don't feel like I stumble on, on the dock, luckily, because I do listen, but there's sometimes I don't listen to spirits. Sometimes spirits will come through and tell me, don't do this, or this won't work out, whatever I do, but I'll do it anyway, because I'm human. So yeah. for example, you know, the thing is, is that people said to me, oh my God, Matt, you know, you're being a psychic medium, like you must always have the right answer. And the truth is, is no, I don't. Right. And then the other times is sometimes I do get the right answers, but I won't try. I have to learn it for myself. For example, your mother can tell you, don't date that guy. He doesn't love you. He's not there for you. This is going to end in heartbreak. And you might know that that's true in your heart, but you still have to test it for yourself. You're still compelled to do it. Yeah. For example, people come to me, you know, for readings, right? And sometimes spirits will give them advice. They'll give them advice to help them about a certain person that they're dating, a person, a certain person that they're with, whatever it may be. And they choose not to take spirits advice used to get me so mad back in the day. Right. And then I realized, how can I judge these people? I do. I don't listen myself. <laughs> There's many times when I'll go to do something, you know, whether it be a business decision or a personal decision and the souls will say, Oh, think twice. Don't do that. Don't do that. Whatever it may be, this isn't going to work out, but yeah, I'll have to prove it to myself. And then, you know, I'll hear, you know, okay, I should have listened, but here on earth, sometimes we have to make those mistakes. We have to learn ourselves. Yeah. It's part of it. And being that time is not linear outside of the the three-dimensional physical world, do you think here on earth, do you think that time travel would ever be possible or not? So I believe in everything and nothing, right? So to be honest with you, I think anything's possible. Anything's possible. You know, when I actually think about that a lot, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there's got to be a way, right? I think so, but I'm just, I'm a time travel nerd. I don't know why. I mean, like Back to the Future is my favorite movie. (laughs) I don't know too much about it. I don't know too much about it, but I can, I can tell you this, right? I can tell you that souls can absolutely travel back in time. I mean, that there's no doubt about that. Like to see things, to see things. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I never thought this would be possible. I remember being, being a little kid, right. And watching like those futuristic movies, like Xenon Girl, the 21st century on Disney, where they would use the, um, the tablets to talk to one another yes. to myself oh my god that'd be so cool imagine if you could do that and I thought it was I thought it was the shit when the first color flip phone came out you know never mind did I ever think did I ever think that video chatting would be possible absolutely not you know and when that first came out it blew our minds and now it's part of our everyday life so you know do I think that it could happen absolutely and can you reveal the name of your new book that's coming out I can't not yet 
If I could tell you, I would definitely let, I could definitely, definitely let you. I'm on chapter, I'm almost done. I'm on chapter eight right now. But once it's all, once it's all done, I will definitely let you know. Will it have a very different theme or is it more of a continuation? Almost like it's going to have a different theme. It's going to have one theme that everybody has asked me about since this last book. Perfect. Okay. And any more, is Meet the Frasers still going on? So Meet the Frasers ended with the pandemic, sadly, because we couldn't film. It was so sad. We were all getting ready for, for season two when then the pandemic hit and everything had happened. But what we did do is that we did have a continuation of it for a short moment because everybody was asking, well, what happened since the pandemic? You know, what's going on? So we were very, we were very lucky to partner with Studio 71 and bring a Facebook watch special when Facebook watch was, was here uh, called the Frasers Plus One, which takes you all through basically the pandemic up until the birth of our son, Royce. Oh, very cool. And any more TV projects for you? Uh, always. There's always TV projects in the works, luckily, okay. you know, and uh, I just been, you know, between touring, between the book writing, between, you know, filming for different, different TV things. It's been a journey, but you know, the thing is I took some time away for a little while because I wanted to spend time with my family and with Royce. And, you know, I think the pandemic was personally what I needed for a little bit just to go and to, to relax and to get back in the zone and now I'm ready to get back out there. So I'm really excited. Makes sense. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much. I know I peppered you with so many questions because I find what you do, the work that you do so fascinating and I really appreciate it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It was great connecting with you. Of course. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. So what did you guys think? Matt's perspective was very interesting. It was a little bit different than some of the other mediums um, that I have personally spoken to and some of the accounts that I have read as we spoke about in the episode. But like he said, he only goes by what he hears from the other side, what he hears from the spirits that he connects with. And he kind of doesn't delve into anybody else's information, which I really respect because I think that's what keeps his experience with spirit completely authentic, which is a great thing. So I, of course, love to hear your comments. If um, if you want, go to YouTube and you can actually watch the video interview on YouTube and give me a thumbs up and a subscribe and drop a comment below. If you are listening to this on one of the audio podcast platforms, please subscribe to the podcast. Please leave me a review. I always appreciate that so much. You can follow Matt Frazier on Instagram at Meet Matt Frazier. And again, his book is called We Never Die, Secrets of the Afterlife. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Allison Kugel. And you can support my crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. All of the links are in my Instagram. And I will catch you guys on the next go-around. Peace. Peace.